Well, this is kind of a bummer. <laughs> this isn't what any of us expect at Christmas. I should be looking out at you gathered in the church, and you should be here in this sacred space, whether out of desire or family obligation, <laughs> holding your candle for silent night, participating in this annual celebration of God's profound act of love for us in the birth of the Christ child. But we aren't. Because of the pandemic and stay-at-home order, I'm preaching to you through a camera. And you are at home observing Christmas on the screens that have come to dominate our lives. But at least you didn't have to find parking or a pew. <laughs> this is all very unfamiliar. We are celebrating our Christmas tradition in a very different way. I can't wait until we can gather together in this church again. But maybe there is an opportunity here. Perhaps this year we can experience Christmas more truly and more fully than we normally do. Sometimes hearing an a familiar story in an unfamiliar way helps us hear it more deeply. Certainly this Christmas is more similar to the original one. Mary and Joseph had to travel to an unfamiliar place to do an unfamiliar thing. Nothing quite prepares you for the birth of your first child. This year, we too find ourselves in a manger of sorts. Advent is the season of expectant waiting for the birth of the Christ child. Christmas is normally the jubilant celebration that God has become one of us and now our waiting is over. But still we wait. We wait for the pandemic to be over. Wait to see and touch family and friends. Wait to learn what will happen to those who have been most severely impacted by the pandemic. We wait for the grief to end. Though I don't think we've really gotten our heads or our hearts around the fact that over 300,000 Americans and 1.7 million people globally have died in a year. The vaccine is certainly light in the darkness, but still we wait. I want to suggest to you that Christmas 
is about the transformation of waiting. The birth of Christ at Christmas is the end of our waiting and the beginning of God's. At least, the beginning of God's waiting in a radically new way. Writing about the Incarnation, St. Athanasius said, The Son of God became human, that we might become God. God made us in God's image, that we might grow into that image. Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, because we are supposed to help shape the world into the likeness of the kingdom of God. God has become one of us in Jesus, fully God and fully human. So now God waits for us. God has been waiting for a long time, and God will wait as long as it takes. As St. Augustine said, without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. The prophet Isaiah proclaims, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in deep darkness, on them light has shined. I don't think I have ever heard these well-known words as viscerally as I have this year. We are living in deep darkness. The pandemic, our broken politics, our vilification of those who differ from us, racism, economic disparity. As a member of our church vestry recently reflected, what does it mean that working from home and life during the pandemic has been relatively easy for many of us in the St. John's community? Well, the virus and economic hardship have ravaged places like the Canal neighborhood just five miles from the church. Tonight, we gather in a time of darkness to testify to the light. The creation story in Genesis begins with complete darkness over the face of the deep. And then God says, let there be light. Light is the first act of creation. The first season of the TV series True Detective ends with the two main characters, Rust and Marty, outside a hospital where Rust is being treated for near-fatal wounds. He has had a near-death experience, a profound encounter with love. Rust and Marty are talking about the stars in the sky. Rust says, 
I tell you, Marty, I've been up in that room looking out those windows every night here thinking it's just one story. The oldest, light versus dark. Marty looks at the sky and says, it appears to me that the dark has a lot more territory. Rust replies, yeah, you're right about that. And then says, you're looking at it wrong. Marty asks, how's that? And Rust answers, well, once there was only dark. You ask me, the light is winning. The light is winning. That is what we proclaim this holy night. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the darkness, remind yourself that the light is winning. When the shepherds made known what was told to them about the baby Jesus, Luke's gospel tells us that Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. Mary, the God-bearer, has birthed God's light into the world. This passage is Luke's invitation for us to ponder these things in our hearts. At Christmas, we all become Mary, bearing the light of Christ into the world. How will you bear that light? How will you help the light win? There is much talk during this pandemic about things returning finally to normal. And we need that to happen. But shouldn't we ask ourselves if our past normal is actually something worth returning to? Is God not inviting us into something new, especially at Christmas? Perhaps now is precisely the time to consider what you want to be different about your life when this pandemic is over. I encourage you to discuss this with your family and friends over the holiday, whether in person or online or on the phone. What do you want to be different in your life when this is over? Before the pandemic, if you asked someone, certainly if you asked me, how are you? The number one response was busy. Now, depending on your circumstances, the pandemic may have made your life overwhelming or boring. But if this forced retreat has taught me anything, it is that I no longer want to say busy when people ask me how I am. Instead, I want to say something about how I am experiencing the light or bearing the light in the world. Busy 
is a way of communicating that we don't have time for other people or even for ourselves. When you are always busy, it is hard to ponder the light you hold in your heart. There is a variation of an African proverb that I heard once when I was in Malawi, Africa. Americans have watches, but they don't have time. Many Africans don't have watches, but they do have time. More than one parent has told me these last few months, as if finally catching their breath, how different it is not spending so much of their life shuttling over-programmed children from one achievement activity to another. Is that the normal that we want back? Like many of you, I cannot wait to stop spending so much of my life on Zoom but I also don't want to go back to a normal that amounts to us hiding our own or other people's light under a bushel basket. Tonight, we gather with the hopes and fears of all the years to gaze upon love's pure light. God did not come into the world to create a holiday, but to transform the world. Let Christmas transform you because this light came into the world for you. And the light came into the world to be shared. When we are gathered here in this church, on Christmas Eve, at the time for Silent Night, we pass the flame to each other on our candles, sharing the light. It is one of my favorite moments of this service, waiting as God waits for the light to be shared with everyone. When you blow out your candle, after we sing Silent Night tonight, remember that you have become the flame. Like Mary, you bear the light of Christ in the world. Share the light of God that is within you, especially with those who see the darkness more than the stars. Sharing the light is really the only way to keep it burning. And that is what God is waiting for us to do, to fill the world with the good news of great joy for all the people. Just like we fill this church with the light in the darkness of silent night. Darkness 
can never, ever overcome love and joy. May your very life be a decree that the light is winning.